Chow to the latest internet sensation. It was happening in Melbourne. Seb Costello all over it. Got his own people describing him as a bumpkin, a fool. Someone said he's actually not a bad bloke. He's normal. This is a fine-tuned machine. I was looking for the bike. I'm just so excited. Love your show. Good morning, Seb, and good morning to all your listeners. Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello on Triple M. Good morning, Australia. You have spoken. And we've put together the top 10 list of songs that we like to get busy to. Now, there's a few on there that you might expect. For example, we have decided that this track is a genuine winner. Well played. Bit of Pony. No doubt made a little bit more popular by its appearance in Magic Mike. But I'm looking at the top 10 list. And Australia, we can be very, very weird when we want to be. The number one song that people like to get busy to in this country is an exceptionally strange choice. And I'll play it to you a bit later in the show. Stick around. Plenty happening. We've got a little Bulldogs theme today. The great Brad Johnson, the smiling assassin, is on the show. As is Danny McGinley, the man that writes the banners for the Bulldogs. I want to know what it's like for a banner man during preseason. Is he out there training his fingers? Is he out there reading for new expressions? We'll learn that a bit later in the show. Also, the Hawks, with a win last night, as a set-shot goal sailed between the posts, the siren went and the Hawks took the chocolates in the community series there. We will touch in on that game. But I want to talk about something that's a little bit closer to home. Danny Green, he is a big part of this show. He's a regular and he's a reason, one of the reasons, why we're now into our third year here on the weekend breakfast. And a lot of people have been asking me why he hasn't been on the last two weeks. Now, I can't go into every reason, but after the Green Mundine fight, I did put it out there that I felt like Anthony had done enough to win it. And let's just say I reached out to Danny during the week and he did agree to appear on the program in his regular spot. Because of the Perth time difference, I had to pre-record it and... Uh, I don't think I've ever heard the man as fired up as he was when I spoke to him. And it was all about the discussion regarding the decision in the rematch between him and Anthony Mundine. I'll give you a little bit of a flavour because he was really strong. I was tired of the bullshit coming out of the media's mouth. I was tired of the bullshit coming out of Anthony Mundine's mouth. Call me white, call me this, call me that. You know, he's a black fella. I'm a white fella. Had nothing to do with that. It was two blokes who dislike each other. In particular, one bloke who claimed he was the best thing on since sliced bread, and the other bloke just putting it straight. Wow. He was fired up, to say the least, but Danny will be appearing on the show. I'll play you the full interview a bit later on. In the meantime, we've got some Triple M prize packs to give away. In the news today... The very, very dishonest press. You can't handle the truth! I don't like watching fake news. alternative facts. Real news or fake news is the name of the game. We'll start in Mentone. You there, Joanne? Morning, Seb. How are you? Really, really well. You're clear on the game? Good. Um, oh, I don't think it's too hard, is it? Yeah, I think you're, uh, <laughs> you're sounding like you are the perfect person to get this right. Well, we'll bring in the great man who has been dominating on the Nine Network for a very long time. Good morning, Mr. Okay. Hitchinup. Good morning. Let's play Real News or Fake News. Love it. Okay, yeah. Joanne, here is your first headline. Real okay. News or Fake News. Monopoly is getting rid of one of its iconic pieces and replacing it with something terrible. Over to you. Oh, yeah, that's Real News. 100%. Did you know that? 
No, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said it with such confidence. Yes, He's that's... so believable, isn't he? <laughs> well, that's true. How can the man ever tell a lie? It, uh, yes, the thimble is being replaced. It's been a part of Monopoly since 1935, but they're getting rid of it because apparently thimbles are outdated and they're opening it up to a vote to put in what the public would like to see as the next Monopoly token. So it could be a hashtag, an emoji... Oh. A thong, or as the Americans call it, a flip-flop, as it's written here, or a rubber duck. Oh, they could all be. <laughs> they could all be in the next edition of Monopoly. All right, ready for headline number two? Okay, go for it. A twenty-seven-year-old becomes the first woman to visit every country on Earth. So you, oh, Joanne? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I read that on the internet. <laughs> did you? Well, did. you're absolutely right. Cassie <laughs> DePacol is an American woman from Washington, Connecticut, in the USA. And 18 months ago, she set off on a journey and has since visited 193 sovereign nations, plus Taiwan, Kosovo and Palestine. And she's been doing it to get into the Guinness World Records. And at 27, she becomes the first woman to visit every country on earth. It cost her 250000 Australian dollars. I would have, wouldn't it? How has she done that at 27? Who has two hundred and fifty grand to spend at 27? She's got time on her hands, isn't she? <laughs> You're absolutely right. All right, Joanne, okay. this is your last headline. You get this Ooh. one right. Triple M prize pack is yours. You ready? Okay. Yep. Scientists discover rare South American plants that can increase the size of your feet. Over oh, to you. Dear. Oh, dear. It's a 50%. 50-50, Joanne, bring it home. Feet. Who wants big feet? I'll go, that's a fake one. Joanne? Yep. You've won the Triple M prize pack. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I love your laugh. You're having a good time this morning, Joanne, and you've oh, dominated it. Yep, I made that one up, and uh, I got the poor Peter Hitchinette out for read it. Well, Joe, you hang on the line there. Thanks okay. for playing. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir. Last night, Australia played at the MCG, and Steve Smith made a century. The only problem is these two things were happening on different parts of the planet. Australia, or the so-called Australian T20 side, was playing Sri Lanka at the G. Meanwhile, Steve Smith and the Test side were playing India A over on the subcontinent. Smith making a century. Sean Marsh also making a century, by the way. Unfortunately, back home in the T20 side, Sri Lanka won by five wickets on the final ball in a match where Australia made 168, followed by the Sri Lankans. But this schedule issue has been talked about for so long how we've got two different Australia teams playing at the same time on different parts of the globe. And last night, nothing against the likes of Ashton Turner and Billy Stanlake, who were representing Australia, but does it affect the brand and what it means to play for this country when those sort of players are getting picked when clearly there are better players than them playing their trade elsewhere? I think it kind of feels like it. Unfortunately, we've got a situation where the MCG, the home of footy, was last night the home of farce, unfortunately. Anyway, that's my two cents. The Hawks defeating the Cats last night by four points, thanks to a goal from midfielder Cade Stewart. But it was all about Jared Ruffhead making the comeback, skipper of the side after spending all of last season out, initially, of course, with the knee injury and then with a cancer battle. And I think uh, the whole footballing public and the Australian public were wrapped to see Ruffy back. Here's what he had to say after the game. I suppose it's, it's good, but uh, I haven't just put this one as the focus. It's just still a bit of a building block. Um, round one's obviously what I'm building towards, and um, the more games I can play, and it's just going to be better for me and, and better for the team as well. 
I haven't played for 500 days or so, so of course I'm going to have fun. It's much I'd much rather do that than running out at Waverley three times a week. <laughs> I can have a bit of fun out here and you know hit some other bodies, which is good. But towards the end, I was cooked, but I guess you're going to get that when you've had a bit of time off. The Premiership superstar and captain of the Hawthorne Football Club, Jared Ruffhead there. Speaking of superstars, one of the members of the sensational Fox Footy team, Watch Your Team, live every week on Fox Footy, is the smiling assassin himself, Brad Johnson. Good morning, Jono. Good morning, Seb. How are you going? Well, mate, first up, Community Cup, second game, and a nice little, nice little finish there with the Hawks getting over the line on the siren. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great second half. I was wrapped that Geelong were able to fight their way back and, uh, and make it a contest at halftime. Hawthorne were, were all over them. They were playing extremely well through the midfield. O'Meara, I thought, was a great addition, Seb, in terms of what he was able to produce in a, in a half of football. He had five-odd tackles, nine contested possessions and, and three clearances to match, and they scored from those. So he's going to be one to watch as he gets his knee right and gets a bit more confidence with playing top-level footy again after missing a couple of years. And... Then the Cats, uh, they might have got a little uh, kick up the backside at half-time and, and they worked through things and, and made sure that they got back into the game with a big third quarter and led it uh, at three-quarter time, which made for an exciting finish. Yeah, they pegged it back from a seven-goal lead to the Hawks if you're just catching up with it this morning. But uh, yeah, Jager O'Meara will be a bit of a story. hasn't played football in multiple seasons and he's now making his way back in a side that won a flag just two years ago. What about Ruffy? I've, I've watched him pretty closely. I've covered him a few times at press conferences since he announced that he was coming back and since he was going to be a captain. And there's a feeling that he really would prefer the public, I guess, to, to treat him as if this had all never happened, as if he was just a, a player who's out there and performing at his best as he does. Um, how did you read his body language last night? Oh, look, I thought it was, uh, I thought his body language, which it always is with, with Ruffy, he's always sort of a high-energy guy and, and gets right around his teammates. His body language has always been super, regardless of the situation, I think, in terms of the way Hawthorne's playing, I'm, I'm talking about. Look, it's a... A huge story for, for, for everyone to, to keep watching. He's done so well over the last 12 months. He, he's kept things as, as private as he wanted them to, let out what he, what he wanted to in terms of letting everyone know how his recovery was going. He's got through that and had a super summer. And, and I like the way that he was extremely honest with Kingy after the game in saying, you know, this is just small steps for, for me. Look, it's, it's been a big year and, and all those things that he's been through. And, and for him now to reach round one as, as the next goal, which, which I think he'll do, and then obviously go from there and have a successful season as, as the new skipper of the of the Hawks. And look, he lost the toss. He said that, so he's got a little few other things to work on. So um, that's where Ruffy's at. Like, you know you're going to get that great bit of humour uh, with him along the way, and, uh, and that's what you expect. He's an absolute ripper, and he will lead that club in fine style. Now, if we can just maybe cast our gaze a bit further down the track, a couple of weeks' time, I think it's about 33 days until the AFL season proper starts, but who's counting? Uh, there'll be a few eyes on your dogs, Jono, of course, uh, and whether whether they can go back-to-back. Back. I mean, they, they weren't the best side of the home-and-away season last year and then just had that phenomenal finals run. How are they handling, obviously, the, the pressure of having to defend the title? Oh, look, yeah, I'm sure they're handling it well because uh, what they produced in the, in the finals last year in terms of a, a young group and the talk around the group at, at that time was... You know, but nothing sort of worried them. They just got on with what they what they needed to do as a as a playing group. You think the nerves would have set in at times and and stuff like that. And it probably did more so for the for the older brigade in Boydie and Dale Morrison and uh, and these guys and Bob on the sidelines rather than these young guys that they just have a crack. They just go out there and and know exactly what's expected from the coach and they just have a, a red hot go at it. Nothing seems to to worry them. So look, I think their mentality has been similar to that in terms of 
uh, over the summer. You know, they're all pretty much fit and healthy from what I understand and, and they're ready to go again. So, yeah, look, every other team in the competition is trying to knock them off this year. It's going to be a bit of a different challenge for them. But no question they can, they can work their way up into the top four, I think, this year with the, with the quality of players they've got, considering they all stay healthy, of course. And, and then from there, they they're put themselves in another chance to, uh, to play off. But it's a long way to go. They've got to start well like they did last year and I think build some confidence through that once again because, as I said, there's a number of sides that will be chasing pretty hard. It's just staggering that, you know, so soon after their inception as a club, the Giants can start as premiership favourites with some bookmakers, you know, and, and we know why it is, of course, Huge. you know, the club was put together, you know, to have success as quickly as possible. But still, I, I just find that incredible what, uh, what they've done up there. Oh, it, it really has been uh, huge and breaking new ground with, with Emma Quayle now at part of their recruiting department. The club's getting stronger and stronger. They're making ground in, in all facets of the game. I think that's brilliant to, to watch. Wayne Campbell has settled right in. I think he's doing great things along with Leon Cameron. So, uh, And Leon's got the playing group you know, performing at, at a great level. Yes, they've got talent to burn, but it's making that talent work hard and, and be able to succeed. And that's what Leon's been able to drive through through the group. Look, I saw Josh Kelly when I was away at Christmas in, in Noosa and I, I saw him swimming in the, uh, in the <laughs> beach and he's put on some serious weight himself yeah. and he's like, you know, third, fourth year in the, in the competition. He, he, looked, he looked magnificent. So the growth's going to continue to come and you can see why these guys are, are favourite to, to win the flag after just missing out last year. Brett Delidio's a great inclusion. Stevie J, you think it'd have, you know, one more year and, and another impact up forward to help the growth of, um, you know, what is quite a, a strong young side at the moment. Talking to Brad Johnson from Fox Sports, where you can watch your team live every week on Fox Footy, of course. And Jono, we were talking before about the Dogs and, and whether they're suffering any sort of hangovers from their premiership season. Later in the program, I will have one Bulldog who I think has probably suffered a larger premiership hangover than most, and that's Danny McGinley, who writes the banners uh, for the football club. Yes. He's coming in next hour. Uh, and uh, I, uh, I don't know what sort of pre-season a banner writer has, but uh, I imagine it's pretty physical. Oh, look, I'm, I'm sure it would have been. He, what a great job that he, he, he's done the last uh, couple of years, in particular last year. And I look forward to that, uh, or the round one banner against, uh, <laughs> against the Pies and then backing it up when, when the Dogs have their first home game to unveil the flag in, in round two against, against the Swans again. So a big couple of weeks for Danny just to, to get it right and keep the momentum going that's, uh, that's flowing behind him. Like it, is, it is great to see. Everyone's, uh, everyone loves when the, the banner goes up now just to see exactly what what uh, he's come up with and what's been kicked off by the, by the footy club. I would actually love to see the ones that haven't got through. The ones that, <laughs> the ones that he, he, sends up, he sends upstairs and they say, no, nah, look, we can't go with that. They're the ones that I'd like to, yes. to start to see now in, uh, in terms of what we can get from him. There's a book in that, the ones where Nick Trulson and the marketing department have just gone, no, nope, right. no, that, uh, that won't be going up this week, Danny. Jono, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. Lovely job last night from Tasmania covering the footy. And uh, we appreciate you having on Triple M. Uh, good on you, Seb. Have a great morning. Spotify, who is the streaming service, it's a bit like iTunes Music. You pay a fee and you can play whatever song you like off the internet. Well, they have put together Australia's top 10 sex jams. Now, what is a sex jam, you may ask? Uh, or otherwise known as songs you might like to uh, get romantic with your partner. That's the sort of music you want to be listening to. Now, the top 10 has things like Rihanna. It has uh, a rapper called Trey Songs. It also has a little bit of this, which we like on the M's.
Now, that makes sense. Bit of Kings of Leon. That's on there. But the number one song has got me in shock this morning. It's bizarre. I'll reveal what it is later in the show. But in the meantime, if you've got any songs you want to nominate for the uh, list of top 10 songs to get busy to, uh, you can send us a tweet at Seb Costello 9. At Seb Costello 9 is the right way to do that. Have you ever got home from work? You've had a rough day. People have been annoying you. And as you go to make dinner... You're just dying off the plates and thinking to yourself, if I could just smash those in a deliberate, controlled way that doesn't hurt anybody, all it hurts is the plates, but they're my plates, so that's okay, and it might make me feel better. If you've ever felt like that, then this place might be for you. It's called The Break Room, and Ed Hunter is the founder of it out there in Collingwood. Good morning, Ed. Morning, mate. How you doing? Mate. I'm good because an Uber driver actually told me about the break room and I'm very interested. What is it? Oh, look, you know, you described it pretty well, basically. It's, you know, if, you, if you're trying to get through a bit of stress or want to give yourself a bit of adrenaline, but you don't want to worry about the cleanup, just come smash some of my stuff in a room. <laughs> so you've set this up. Just describe it to us. It's a room. And what do you provide? So what we do is we'll, we'll give you a whole bunch of safety gear. We'll take care of you. But we put you in the room. We give you a big crate full of stuff. So there's like dinner plates, there's coffee mugs, there's sauces, there's big water bottles. Anything you've kind of ever wanted to launch at a wall, we'll drop in there with you. It's awesome. And you get to smash it up. What, what do you, how do you actually smash everything up? Yeah, so I mean, you can, we give you a nice pink, big pink baseball bat, which you can, you know, saw a lovely big uh, water bottle in half with. But I'm a big fan of just the throwing stuff straight at the wall. Because <laughs> I've got terrible hand-eye coordination, so I'm just a big thrower. And, mate, uh, and this, is, this sounds like it is quite relieving of stress, surely. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. If I'm any indication, we we're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> mate, how did you come up with the idea for the break room? Oh, it was, it was basically me just trying to get out of my own, you know, stress feedback loop, right? You know, you kind of, you work crazy hours, you get home, you eat, you, you drink, you do whatever you got to do, and then you kind of just do it all over again. And it was, I was trying to, like, eating and drinking my feelings. So I thought, I've always had this fantasy of just taking my phone and just throwing it against the wall, right? I think, I think a lot of people have had that, that compulsion once in a while. And I wanted to do it guilt-free, right? Reality kicks in pretty quickly when you launch your phone at a wall. And then you it does. Pick it up, it's expensive. Smash your screen. Oh, terrible, terrible. But the best part about the break room is it's totally guilt-free, right? You rock up, we pop you in some gear, you smash my stuff, you take it off, you go to brunch. Easy done. <laughs> you go to brunch. And in Collingwood, there's a fair few cafes around there that uh, might be able to take care of you. Uh, mate, how much does it cost? And, well, how does it work? How long do you get in there? Sure, sure. So it's, uh, it starts at $50 per person and it just gets cheaper the more folks you bring along. And really, like, the, the time limit's up to you. We, we book, at, book you out at about 15-minute slots, but some folks last about a song. Other folks have lasted about 40 minutes. It's more likely you'll get tired before we have to worry about any kind of time limit for you. I love it. The break room. Smash mouth stress relief. That's the way to do it. Ed Hunter, the founder of The Break Room, I appreciate your time. Where can people get you online? They can hit me up at uh, thebreakroom.com.au. Magnificent. Thanks for chatting, mate. Anytime. Thanks, mate. And when the Comedy Festival rolls around in April, on the 2nd, 9th, 16th and 23rd, you'll have a chance to see Danny McGinlay, Bulldogs, Bannerman 
and he joins us in the studio this morning wearing a Bulldogs cap. Good morning, mate. Uh, yeah, look at me. I'm on brand. <laughs> <laughs> Living the gimmick, mate. That's what I like well, about yeah, you. Well, yeah. I mean, when you, when you, you know the membership packs that you get, mm. uh, for some reason, yeah, they're always terrible, the little the hats or the stickers, the, the stickers whatever rings. you get. A couple of years ago, I think the Bulldogs stuffed up because they sent out these really good hats <laughs> that actually fit and they're comfortable and, yeah. It's they're my, wearable. They're wearable. It's my go-to thing now. So right. yeah, that's, I'm sure someone got fired for that. <laughs> yeah. This is costing us too much money in the marketing department. Now, mate, I wanted to get you in because, you know, being part of a successful premiership side like you have been. Part of, you know, or the main part. Right, yeah. Let's let's be honest. As a premiership winning banner writer, (laughs) I wanted to see how the preseason has been going because you don't want any premiership hangovers. No, no. uh, Look, it's already there, the premiership hangover. (laughs) I'll be be honest. The... um, on our first uh, women's game, we were, the banner was supposed to say, our sons of the West have proven their best. Uh, rejoice now, supporters. We will unleash the daughters. Yeah, cute little thing. Lovely. Sons of the West, daughters of the Rhymes. West. To the song, everything. Good. Already a bit of a stuff up. The uh, cheer squad accidentally put, our boys of the West have proven their best. And it just ruined the joke. It and does. Yeah, they've all, uh, they've, so we've had uh, 5 a.m. marathons. So try, you know, made them do push-ups. <laughs> Poor Jan, her arthritis is kicking in. But, you know, that's what, if you want to maintain, you want to go back to back. Is she using the arthritis as an excuse? She is, Jan, yeah. Jan, get up that hill. <laughs> finish that it's sand sprint. It's all about accountability, Jan. What's going on? <laughs> I, I like, do you do the full leading teams 360 feedback with the cheer squad? Well, it's not 360. It's mostly me yelling at them. But uh, So I don't know if that what that is. 45 degree feedback <laughs> in there. Right angles as in I am always right, guys. Correct. Yeah. No, it's, it's been a... Because uh, I don't know if your listeners know this. Uh, you know, we won the grand final on uh, October 1st. Right. Sunday was uh, family day at Witten Oval, one of yes. the best gigs of my life. Monday morning, my wife gave birth. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's a huge weekend it was, for you. It was pretty massive, and you know, and she, my daughter, uh, she, we we named her after the, the best player on the grand final. That was the agreement. So Joe little Henderson. little Bontempella roughhead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she came out so fast. There was no time for drugs, and there was no time for me to put the little banner uh, in front of my wife's <laughs> nether regions for her to burst through. It was, you know, congratulations, Bontempella, one day of life. It was. <laughs> That's brilliant. Now, mate, your side, you're well known, of course, because you're right the banner for the Western Bulldogs. You're a diehard Bulldog. Yeah. And that has generally meant a story of going for the underdogs. Yes. Yeah. It's it's really, it's it's changed now. This is uncharted territory for, for all Bulldogs fans. We're, we're the reigning premiers. It's still weird to even say that. You it's, are the hunted. We are the hunted, and that and this is this has fundamentally changed the banners. Because <laughs> when I when I started doing it, it was brilliant because we were rubbish. We were at the bottom of the ladder. We were so it was always quite funny to be quite grandiose and arrogant because you know it was hilarious. Like the first banner I ever did was uh, we were playing uh, the Power over at uh, Adelaide Oval, first time ever, and they were on top. We were at the bottom, so I said, "Hey, hey, we're undefeated at Adelaide Oval. <laughs> be afraid, Port Adelaide." And you know that's it fun. Was True. But if I do it now, yep. it's quite it's quite arrogant. Right. Yeah, we, we, it's we boasting across... now because you're premiers. Yeah, we come across as a Hawthorne. You know, do it's... you look at it as maybe you instilled a winning culture in the boys? Because oh, the definitely. first thing yes. they saw, yeah, was this grandiose statement, and they played to it. Yeah. If anything, uh, Asada have uh, investigated <laughs> the effect of my hilarity. <laughs> <laughs> it's performance enhancing. It is. Yeah. It is yeah, magnificent. And a lot of the jokes, uh, you know, they, they they're getting harder. Like mm. uh, last, I'm, I'm doing the banner for the, for the women's, which is a lot of fun, yep. and we. We, we almost, uh, you know, you've got, you've got to be careful. I mean, you're in radio. You know that, you know, things, people can say things and they're, they're misconstrued even though, or they were offensive and you didn't realise. We almost had against the, the Crows last week. Uh, we sent in and they were pretty happy with it. Uh, let's collective noun them. 
now we're playing the crows. What's the collective noun of crows? Is it flock? I'm it's not sure. It's a murder of crows. Is it really? So it is. So let's collective noun them. Really? And people are going, oh, that's, that's linguistics. That's, that's, we're going highbrow. Very, that's it is brilliant. very highbrow. And as my, my wife, who's, who's from Ukraine, so she's very direct, yep. but she, she says, you know, that's funny. <laughs> Wasn't there a coach murdered? And I went, oh, oh crap. And I just said to yes. ring her, delete, don't ideal, do that, John. Ideal. Yep, let's drop that. Yep, yeah. good. Because yep, the Adelaide media would, yeah, of course. That Imagine was, that. It would have just been wow. quite offensive. I'm, my, my news brain is now going into overdrive. I'm seeing that leading for days. So, yes, I'm oh, good. How does it actually work? So you have to submit to the club. That's right, yes. Yeah. So usually send in about half a dozen. Submit your words, I mean. Yeah, submit yes. your words. <laughs> yes, I, just, I, just, I go over there and Peter Gordon's going, get on your knees. Okay, <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> we, yeah, I just send in about uh, half a dozen or so. And then, uh, with my contact, there's the, the lovely lady called Linda Murray and she sends it through to, she won't tell me who it is, but the fun police, she says, who run it through their right. news filters and, and everything, the marketing. And, uh, yeah. And then we, we, we see Bit how it goes. Bit of a secret society, I reckon. They all go in there, turn off the lights. That's you right. Know, somebody reads the words and then they all have to kind of vote as to whether it's approved or not. That's right. And yep. I do know that one, at least one banner went all the way to Bevo. Really? He, he got the final say. And that was when we played uh, North Melbourne just after uh, Boomer had broken the record. And the, the banner the next week said, no one has ever won their 429th game. <laughs> Fact. And the, the fear was, that, and this is why it went to Bevo, if Boomer saw that, he'd get fired up. Because right. he, he traditionally played really well against the Dogs. Okay. And in milestone games, I think they went back and found that, you know, in his 50th, 100th, 150th, 200th, whatever. Usually beat us by 10 goals. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot, of, boot. a lot of light milestone games coming up for the Dogs this year. Yeah. So, they, yeah, I think uh, round two when we unfurl the flag, against the Swans is Liver's 100th. Wow. So, yeah, you know, do you talk about the flag? Do you talk about Liver? Of course you talk about Liver. And hasn't he had an off-season for the ages, Liver? <laughs> yeah. He's an abs- There's, if you watch the final siren of the grand final, uh, Liver and Dalhouse share a look of, yeah! It's like, oh, you know, you know that the, the, the beer brewers of the world have gone, I think our shares are about to go up. Invest. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Well, mate, you've got a show at the Comedy Festival about all the experiences riding the banners. It is called Bulldogs Banner Man, and it's at the Comics Lounge in North Melbourne. On the 2nd, 9th, 16th, and 23rd yeah, every, every of Sunday. April. Every Sunday during Sunday. the festival. So go, to, go see the footy on the weekend and come to the Comics Lounge for a laugh. Love it. Danny McGinley, great to have you in studio. Thank you, Seb. Go dogs. Danny and fitness with Danny Green. Australia watched as he sought revenge on Anthony Mundine and squared the ledger from their fight a decade ago in Adelaide. Danny Green, congratulations, mate. Good morning, Seb. How are you, chap? Mate, you are a winner once again. When that final bell went, what was your feeling? Uh, just, I've done it, you know, it's, yeah, it was it was so, so fulfilling, mate. I've done it under such, I, I, I just felt so good knowing that, you know, I'd copped that, uh, that, that, disgusting cheap shot in the first round and you know, everyone said oh you know the, you, the ref didn't say break and you protect yourself at all, at all times well that's completely false and people just don't have a clue the referee had, had, had pinned my right arm and his left hand was on me and he was talking to us and I was looking at the referee and so a fighter knows you, you, that's it it's over the referee's holding another guy you don't you don't throw a punch because you, you could likely hit the referee which Mundine hit the referee later on in the fight and Mundine was behind me. So even if we're in the, we're in the heat of battle, you can't hit someone from behind. It's a dog shot. So anyway, I copped that, and uh, the referee didn't give me five minutes to, 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 to recuperate. And I was severely concussed. And, man, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fighter. I'm a warrior. So I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go. Because I, I didn't want the fight to end in, in a disqualification. There would have been 
riots around the country in pubs and clubs, mate. So I was just so very stoked, and and then to to do it under such you know adversity, man, it was it was it was great. I would have liked to have not been concussed by a cheap shot in the first minute, and done what I would have done. I think I would have um, you know put Chuck away in four rounds, but. I'm just stoked, mate, and, and, and it just felt so good. And uh, and then to hear him whinge and whine just makes it feel even better. <laughs> sort of adds to it. Well, mate, you mentioned people don't have a clue, and I'm not going to be one of those blokes who gets you on the show and uh, doesn't own up to the fact that I was worried when the final bell rang. And from what little I know about boxing, I thought that they were judges were going to score it the other way. Did you ever have any doubt that you'd done enough? No, absolutely not. That's why I raised my hand with a five-second on the fight, I knew I I knew I completely thrown. So and it was kind of it's kind of cool because you get the, the CompuBox punch stats from America, and these guys they do Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao fight. They, they they do all the big fights anywhere in the world, and they have a, a very accurate reading. And it's a it's a independent body that gives an accurate reading of every punch thrown, every punch landed, from jabs to power punches. I threw 605 punches, Monday and through. 356. So I nearly doubled his output, which is huge. And then I landed 21 more punches. So I threw a lot more, like almost double the punches, and I landed more. And I actually landed, and it was this is a significant stat, I landed more power punches. Mm. So that's the key. And, and it's there in black and white. And three judges, not one judge had him winning the fight. Every judge, no, so two judges gave it to me. The other judge, I don't know how he gave it a draw, but he gave it a draw. So not one judge had him winning. And then the copy box numbers come out. It's 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 conclusive, mate. And it's unfortunate when you when you when you uh, hear the commentary. Uh, you know, Jared Whateley and, and Ted Kofi. I don't know. I don't, they they, um, they should hand their resignation in from from boxing because I watched a couple of rounds. I haven't seen the whole fight, but I watched a couple of rounds. And I was hitting him, and they were talking through me hitting him. Then he tagged me the shot, and they would just jump up and down and go, "Oh my God, what a fantastic shot!" You know, so it was it was a bit sad to hear them go on like that, but. Um, that's the way she rolls. My history books will go down, and people who know what happened saw what happened and saw a guy who was severely concussed take out uh, a guy who, who 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 was you know jumping up and down, saying how good he was for his whole career, and he couldn't take out a guy who was severely concussed. And I just proved man, I'm the better fighter. That's it. And then I beat better people in my career, and it was a nice way to finish up um, beating him and, and to see him carrying on and, and to hear him carrying on after the fight and then in days prior to that uh, after that. It's beautiful, mate. Oh, <laughs> well, he says he's going to appeal. Him, what do you make of that? He reckons he's going to appeal. <laughs> he can do what he wants, mate. <laughs> the, 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 the fight's over, mate. I won the fight. He can do whatever he pleases. And history will show that, mate. And uh, that is why you are the most popular boxer this country has produced. I have to say, though, mate, can you forgive me for doubting you? Nah, not at all, mate. Not at all. <laughs> you know, it's... it's and, I'm sorry, Grady. Nah, it was, it's, it's, I get it. You know, it's, it's a fight. So, you, you know, I conclude... I, Conclusively won the, the early rounds, and so he, he might have won the last couple of rounds. And, and the last round, I, I knew I won the last round, and, and I felt that's why I raised my hand. I won the last round as well, mate. The reason people love you is because you bring people together. You know, you are a uniting figure. And I did want to touch on this before we move on from that rematch with Anthony Mundine. Yeah. In the moments after the fight, the bell rings. You're exhausted. You've given everything you can to this, and these words pop into your head. And uh, look, to be honest, I just found them pretty pretty moving. It's nothing to do with revenge. I want to say to Australia, this has nothing to do with black or white. This is a fight. Why was it important to you to make that point that this wasn't one race versus another? Because it wasn't. It was two blokes versus another. And I was tired of the bullshit. 
coming out of the media's mouth. I was tired of the bullshit coming out of Anthony Mundine's mouth. Calling me white, calling me this, calling me that. You know, he's a black fella. I'm a white fella. Had nothing to do with that. It was two blokes who dislike each other. In particular, one bloke who claimed he was the best thing on since sliced bread, and the other bloke just putting it straight. And so that was it, mate. I just want to make it clear because I've got a lot of people in the community from all walks of life. I don't even want to say indigenous or from Eastern, Middle Eastern, you know, descent or from African. It doesn't matter. You, we all bleed red. I don't give a rat's ass. And it was I was tired of hearing it come out of his mouth, and I was tired of hearing it come out of the media's mouth. So I just want to make sure that everyone was on the same page after the event. This is just a fight between two blokes. Doesn't matter what colour or religion or race or whatever we are. That's it. And mate, the people sitting ringside where I was were just so moved by that because it was it was the words of a leader, you know, a guy that is interested in uniting and not dividing. So I, I dip my lid to you for that. Well, look, let's move on because uh, you, you put everything you had into that fight. But mate, you're not just a boxer, and now life moves into the phase where you are a businessman, but you're also about helping people, and you've got a new sort of fitness program that's that's boxing based, don't you? Yeah, the Trans Any Green program that's, that runs um, year in, year out. But this is obviously, and that's not in a gym. This is totally different. I've, I've, I've teamed up with my partner over here um, that I've got in, uh, in he's in Brisbane, I'm in Perth, obviously in my gym's Green Zone Fitness. But we've got another fellow who's um, called Tim West who has been um, at the at the forefront of this and has been steering it and done an amazing job so far with the franchising. It's called 12 Round Fitness, and it's um, it's we basically use boxing and functional training mix in a one workout it's a high energy workout high impact um and you can it's a rolling start so class in the morning mid-morning and afternoon evenings and it, you don't have to be there at a certain time the classes go for two hours you can come in at 10 past 7 13 minutes past 7 and just you know wait for the next round bang three minutes you start your round you start your workout you can do two rounds and rounds 100 rounds if you want to and um yeah it's 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 basically you got a, a full-time trainer working the mitts telling you what to do motivating you picking up any mistakes you're making and and basically just guiding you and helping you along. And it's, uh, it's, it's group fitness, and it's, it's just, I've just found so many people are digging it and loving it, and it's, in particular, it's a, it's a fantastic franchise. And, uh, yeah, we've got, I think, seven or eight opening in Melbourne in the next three or four months, um, and one in Prahan, one in St Kilda, I think Kew, Melbourne. So they're popping up all over the place. They're in Gold Coast, in Brisbane, Sydney, um, Newcastle, and we're looking at, you know, obviously spread Australia-wide, and, We've got some exciting things happening in the United States and, and the UK as well with the brand. Mate, uh, if you want to check it out, and I recommend you do, you get on the website, 12roundcomtodayu 12round.com.au. And uh, as Greeny says, there's one currently operating in Chatham Street, Paran, but uh, plenty of other suburbs to come. Well, mate, we wish you well with that venture. So does that mean, and you would have been asked this question a million times, but the weekend breakfasters, they want to know. So is that it for the in-ring career? Look, buddy, it was a great way to go out. I couldn't, it, it, it couldn't have, it couldn't have felt better going out on such a massive high, and, and I had so much support in front, of, in front of so many beautiful people, and watching around the country in, in pubs and clubs and at home and uh, at the venue itself. I had all my friends, had all my family, and uh, you know to do it under such adversity. I've had people say, "Man, you're an idiot for doing that," but um, you know for, for continuing on, and that's what you do when you're a fighter. And, and I guess um, for me. You know, in front of my kids and, and to show them that no matter what happens, you know, you never give up and you never stop. And, uh, yeah, I'm just very wrapped, mate. Well, mate, you brought us to our feet and it really was uh, one of the most extraordinary sporting events of 2017 and you won it. I feel like, uh, you know, we've got a... There's only really one way we can go out here and, uh, Danny Green, we appreciate your time <laughs> and thanks for joining us, mate. I want to... You know what I really want to do? I want to play some men at work land down under after you rocked that <laughs> at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, that's great, mate. You know what? I had so many people say, man, I was in the pub and the whole pub was singing it. 
And like I've had a heap of people from different states, from Queensland, Melbourne, Sydney, Perth, just saying we're in the pub and the whole pub was singing the land down. It was just a special moment. And they're the kind of moments I miss because I want to be in there with them and feel it and see it and, and hear it and do it. So uh, I'm just wrapped that there were so many, so many people watching the fight and, um, and so much support. It's just phenomenal, mate. So I thank everyone out there for the incredible support. And their support's made my, my ride so much more fulfilling. And that heralds the entrance of the crime reporter from 10 Eyewitness News. Good morning, Sharnel Vella. Good morning, Seb. Now, I don't want to make things awkward, but there is a story that has caught my eye today that I wanted to bring up with you because I think I understand people and then I read things like this. So Spotify, who are like a streaming music service, you pay a monthly fee and you can play any song you want. That's roughly how it works. Yep. Okay. They put together a list of the top 10 songs that Australians like to get romantic to. Now there's some, some songs that I might expect, like the Kings of Leon. That one makes sense to me. Even that's weird. You think? Well, just fast paced, but yeah. (laughs) A little bit energetic. <laughs> Just a little bit? Yeah. What else? Well, we've got uh, Genuine from sort of the mid-90s. The classic. Very explicit, that one. It is very much. But people even out at a club, that song comes on and yep. people are doing things to themselves. <laughs> Continue. Okay. Now, we get to the top of the list. And I'm not joking. This is the number one song by a landslide, apparently, on the top ten songs that Australians like to get romantic to. Are you ready? I don't think I am. Here we go. There are times where I scratch my head and say, what is wrong with this country? I need it to stop. This is the Cantina Band uh, from Star Wars, as arranged by John Williams, the composer. Australia, you are a wonderful country, but you continue to surprise me every single day. Look, dare I ask, but I am curious, if there is anybody out there who has ever decided to use the song in this way, give us a call. I want location and I want... Tatooine. I want to know what happened earlier. Were there drinks involved? I do. One triple three five three. Apparently, the Cantina Band from Star Wars is the number one song Australians make love to. Is there anybody out there who has ever made love to the Cantina Band song? Just as a disclaimer, we did receive a phone call from a man who said that he had made love to the Star Wars Cantina song. We've made an executive decision <laughs> not to put him to air. That gives you an idea, doesn't it? <laughs> really paints a picture. So, Grant Haggett, what do you make of that? Really terribly sad, to be honest. I mm. think we don't have a lot of sympathy for sports stars who make it to the top and then it all gets too hard. You know, when you've got mums and dads who are trying to pay the bills and struggling themselves, they sort of say, come and step into, into our shoes. Um, but I, I think the Australian public really do feel sorry for Grant Hackett. Yeah. Um, we've seen this before with Ben Cousins. Yep. Um, yeah, it's got a lot of sort of familiarity on that level, doesn't it, yeah. with the Ben Cousin scenario? You know, the family, you know, what do you make of the fact that obviously they are so desperate mm. that they played out the whole trying to find him scenario in the media? Yeah, absolutely. So they've used the media, and I don't mean that in a bad way, use the media, like police use the media to put a message out there quickly. Yep. Um, 
to try and find their son. And I think that's the last thing that they wanted to do. I don't think any parent wants to publicly out their kid as having a problem um, and then calling on, you know, everyone out in the public to try and find him. But I think what's even more worrying is that no one's found him yet. And if he was checked into a hotel, surely someone would know. So this is an absolutely terrifying situation for that family. What's your responsibility as a hotel clerk when Grant Hackett comes to check in Mm. and you've watched the Today Show that morning and you've seen that his parents are looking for him? I think Grant Hackett is a bit of a head turner because he is so tall without even being Grant Hackett. You look at him just as a a human going, he catches your eye. And it it would be unbelievable if someone didn't realise it was him. And I think if someone knows where he is, you have to let police know this is a bigger issue than just protecting mates. This goes to a a whole lot of issues that he just really needs to be found and get get some help. It wasn't a good look too when we've been through the the drama the day before where he gets arrested. He's in the back of the police car with the Mm. handcuffs on. And then suddenly there's a social media post from him of a photo of himself with a black eye accusing his brother of having assaulted him. It didn't speak to somebody who was in a good place. No, not at all. And he's battling with a whole lot of demons. Um, He's tried to get himself back on track, as we saw not long ago. And I think that speaks volumes to the fact that he does want help. But we know that, you know, you've got to fall down a certain amount of times before you get up strong. Um, So I think he wants the help. He's just in all sorts at the moment. That's Grant Hackett. We're talking to Chanel Vella from 10 Eyewitness News. How about this 27-year-old woman who has visited every country on earth? She's rich. She is. It cost her $250,000. That's unbelievable. Yeah. If you can do it, I'd do it. Yeah. Her name is Cassie D. Picole from the USA, 193 nations, including Taiwan, Kosovo, and Palestine. Apparently, this was on her iPod. hope she got her injections before she went. <laughs> Chanel Bella, thanks for coming in. Thank you. We will be back next Saturday on the Weekend Breakfast.